right, this is Ken Roshan with Amplified. I'll tell you what, this music is so groovy. Cheryl, we got to stop dancing. We cannot keep dancing while this expo is going. So, Cheryl, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. You know, you're probably one of the people that changed my life more than anyone on the faculty. I'm so impressed. Because there was a time when I was being cyberbullied by only about 33,000 people. Only a few. (laughs) And you said, tell me your story. And you are the ultimate in, with your heart, your PR, and actually expanding the world for people that are leaders. Well, thank you for that. But I enjoyed it. It was a great interview, a great story, and we made history. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe those numbers. I mean, can, I know. can you share a little bit about that story? So that story, we had planned to do a story, and as circumstances had it, Ken found himself in the middle of quite a firestorm over wedding photography. And in his DJ role was taking social media photography, as he typically does, and ended up in a social media war with traditional wedding photographers because the bride and groom, who loved the photos that he'd taken, ended up drawn into kind of a mess over exclusive photography rights. So anyway, it was just not fair. There were people piling on. I said, here's our story, did the interview. We went 65, maybe more than that by now, 66,000 people jumped into that dialogue and viewed that article on Forbes. It's 68,000, believe it or not. (laughs) 68,000, but who's counting? (laughs) Yeah, but uh, in in a Forbes article, I mean, can you give the audience kind of a relation of what that actually means? I mean, that's a crazy number. It's crazy. The average Forbes article, and I think this is a high average actually, would receive perhaps, if it's 3,000 people read it, they consider it a home run. 68,000 is a viral storm. Yeah, so I validated that uh, by showing people random articles, and they are right around 1,000 to 1,500 is average. Yes. And 3,000 or a little higher than 3,000 is considered really pretty spectacular. So first of all, I want to acknowledge you and thank you for changing my life because when it couldn't get worse, you actually shifted it and made it better. And that's a result of CEO space. It's a result of integrity. It's a result of actually being a PR champion. Well, thank you. But you know what? Stories. Right. Telling a good story matters. It's not self-promotion. Well, had, I think, had we promoted, it would not have been a good piece. Well, I feel it was almost divine intervention because you were calling me, as you said, for a story. I wasn't prepared even a, a, two days earlier to tell you anything but what happened. I, in fact, when you called me, I said... Before we go into the story, may I tell you what's happened in the last 24 hours? Do you recall that? I do. And it, it took like 45 minutes to share the story. And you said, we're running with this because this is big. And I don't want this interview to actually be self-serving. I just want to say what a difference you made. And I want to say that the distinction of social media and photography is what you helped me actually illuminate. And that's what really PR does. PR allows the truth to be told. Sometimes it's a spin on the truth. But it's a way for people to investigate the truth. It's true. And people can get involved. They can help shape the stories. But people want to hear a story about something that matters, something that they can weigh in on, not just to hear somebody hyper-promote. And so we're kind of in the same business. I mean, I'm in the marketing business, Mm -hmm. you're in the PR business, but we're both about actually making sure that a secret that is good is told to the world so that they can actually be more successful. Yes. Let people engage with it. So uh, tell our audience how you do that. Well, I have a public relations company that I have run for the past eight years out of Salt Lake City, Utah, and Ken and I have gotten acquainted through CEO Space. We are both faculty here, but I've long been a believer in thought leadership in PR and in no-spin PR, that 
telling a good, worthwhile, interesting story is, is the name of the game, not trying to hype. So we advance thought leadership. And in fact, this is the best part of that story at all, in, in my opinion, is that the editor at Forbes I've been writing for for three and a half years left Forbes at the start of this year, joined my company, took a page out of the entrepreneur playbook and jumped on in and developed a course that we're now providing to entrepreneurs everywhere, Content University. It's contentuniversity.com, but it's an online course. We've been doing a live course all of this year for corporations or open enrollment, but so many people have wanted that benefit that weren't able to come directly to Salt Lake to get it. We've, we've now put it up online. People can find it, participate, create a story of their own, learn how to publish it, or we'll help them publish it if they need the help. And I'm pretty excited about this. Well, you've always had a nose for actually knowing what has to happen for someone to be successful. So how are you able to realize that this was necessary? Well, I got into thought leadership myself because I was wrangling so much with clients that I would work as a PR professional to get them placement opportunities and then see them sometimes lost or nearly lost because I'd have to wrangle with a client who wanted to self-promote, who wanted to sneak in backlinks, too many self-references and um, not succeed like they could or even get thrown back out. Or too many people who think, okay, hook a fella up. I need to be a national columnist. That's when that occurs that I'm made. I've got it and that's game over, which is not the case either. It is hard work, but the people who are willing to communicate and um, share actual information and engage with the people on the other side, they're having surprising success with their businesses. And how does one approach hiring a PR person? Like what would be the vetting process? How do you know you got the right person? Well, I would get references for starters. Look at other people, a PR agency or individual has helped. Get a mode of style and see the results. There are so many people I'm talking to now for columns who've just said, I've given up on agencies. I do my own PR. And that's good. I think in many, many cases for small and startup companies, you should be doing your own PR. But get a little advice and help make certain you're doing the right things with it when you do. Our typical traditional client is a growth phase company. They, they know what they need and it's easy for them to check references, metrics, figure out if it's going to be a good thing. And honestly, people should do that. The people I would have considered competition a year ago, I don't even hear about anymore. And that's, to me, that's compelling, but it's also a little frightening that in, in that arena, word spreads fast. And for your content university, is this something you could learn there? Actually, yes, but anyone at all, we got contentuniversity.com. Just go to that site. Anyone can and look that up. And, and honestly, that's the least expensive, easy way to get involved. $950 all in. And in, generally, people would complete the course in about 10 hours. At the completion of that, they would have their first finished article. And um, how else would you get that kind of input from somebody with this kind of experience and stature in the industry? Tom Post, he's not only been with Forbes, Fortune, Newsweek, Success Magazine, ABC World News Tonight. He has a doctorate degree in English literature from University of Berkeley. To get that kind of input on your pieces before you publish them, everybody I know who's publishing in LinkedIn right now is having some level of success, surprising level of success. But as the floodgates open, the quality is going to matter more and more. You know, one of the things I was realizing in all these interviews is that every person that we're interviewing gives their time to see a space mm -hmm. because they believe in what they're doing. Yes. And it's not a sales game. It's actually a value game. It is. And when you give value, you create relationship. So 
the listeners really not only need to attend CEO Space to experience this because it's really mm-hmm. unexplainable on a radio show and certainly unexplainable from a conversation even, but what you're actually sharing is that you're committed to yes, actually people getting value. And in your, the long-term relationship, I've never heard anyone here leave your table and say, oh, that wasn't really a good value of my time, or I don't want to work with Cheryl, or I didn't learn something. So um, tell some people when they're starting 2016, what are some ways that they can actually approach 2016 from a PR standpoint that people make mistakes with? Well, I think you've, you've really alluded to the biggest one, and it is add value. Think about your audience, your customers, your listeners. What would be valuable to them? What would they be interested in? And if you don't know, you can ask them. They will be more than happy to tell you. Once you start to publish and share information that's compelling, their responses might give you the ideas for what you want to cover next. So you are adding value in that context, not just being self-serving. That's going to be the name of the game. It already is, but I think even more so going into 2016, that traditional PR has kind of gone away, or at least it's not as valuable as you would think. So what would it cost for uh, someone to have a reasonable budget for PR? Um, well, if we're talking entrepreneurs, I'd say they ought to just attend Content University. And then if they need a little bit of help beyond that, that can be worked out. That would be the most economical and productive thing they could do. Um, it really varies because the growth phase companies that we're representing, they may have budgets of five, ten, fifteen thousand 15000 a month. Really? So you know they're dead serious. Yes. And we'd have to be awfully darn productive to make that worth continuing month in and month out. But they've got the sales metrics to, um, to show for what they've invested. That makes good sense. Probably most people listening to this show fall somewhere in that continuum. But I'd say the first thing to do is start publishing. At least read the articles. My articles on Forbes.com are easy to find. Or we've got a newsletter, Snappington Post that you could subscribe to. We try to share freely. Get that advice first. Decide if you can get far enough ahead on your own or at least give it a try. And that would be worth doing first. And how can people reach you? Well, contentuniversity.com or snapconner, S-N-A-P-P-C-O-N-N-E-R.com. God bless you. Happy holidays. Thank you. 